Welcome to the Subbox Startup Challenge, where I'm taking you on a five-day sprint to fast-track your subscription box business success. Each episode includes actionable activities to kickstart your business with real stories and examples from my five-plus years as a subscription box owner. Hey, I'm Jessica Principe. I started my Subbox business from my kitchen table in 2016 with a dream in my heart and two kids at my feet. Fast forward to today and my business serves thousands of women each month. It has completely changed my life and I can't wait to show you how you can do the same. So grab a notebook and a pen because we've got work to do. Welcome to the final episode of the Subbox Startup Challenge, where we are kickstarting your subscription box business. I hope you found a ton of clarity going through these episodes and working on your Subbox idea alongside me. You're definitely going to need a pen and paper for this one today, so grab a big piece. You want more than a post-it note for the activity I have for you today, and I cannot wait. It's going to be fun. In this episode, we're going to talk about sourcing products. This is one of the biggest components of running your subscription box business, and it's also something that can take up a lot of your time if you don't have a proper system for it. So today, I'm going to give you a system for sourcing products for a year's worth of boxes in one planning batch. And we're going to talk about where you can find products as well. But before we get into that, I just want to address a common misconception when it comes to product sourcing. And that is that many subscription boxes are getting their products for free. Womp womp. That just isn't the case. We have these industry leaders like Birchbox and Ipsy who built their whole business model on acquiring free product samples for their boxes. And in exchange, they'll give those product brands major marketing exposure to their customer base. It really becomes a marketing tool for the brand, but that's because they have millions of subscribers. And here's the thing about free product. It's really, really difficult to get free product from big brands without being able to provide a strategic partnership that will really benefit them. So the big boxes can because of their subscriber base, but that's something that a new box or even a box with 500 or more subscribers really just can't bank on. So we talked about margins in the last episode, but this is another reason to make sure you're giving yourself a product budget and you aren't banking on free product. I approach free product as a bonus, but never a plan. And just to give you some context, in the past five years that I've been running this business, I've secured free product like five times. Okay, so now that we're on the same page that we're going to buy our products, let's talk about how we do that. We talked a little bit about wholesale pricing in the last episode, and pricing and sourcing products really go hand in hand, but I want to expand on that just a little bit in terms of the buying process here. In order to be eligible to buy products wholesale, you're going to need to get a resale certificate, also known as a seller certificate or resale license or permit. Honestly, every state calls it something a little bit different, but it's all under that same umbrella. This gives you the authorization to buy products from another business without having to pay sales tax for that product. So you can imagine how much money that will save you as you're placing your bulk and wholesale orders. Check your state's website for more information on how to apply for one in your state. But if you're in a tax-exempt state like mine, which is New Hampshire, we don't pay sales tax here. So my state doesn't issue those certificates. So if you're in New Hampshire or another tax-exempt state, you likely won't need one either, but just double-check your state's website. When you're ready to start buying products, reach out to brands directly and kick off the conversation about placing a wholesale order. When you reach out to them through their website or on social media and you use the words wholesale order, that usually gets their attention a little bit faster rather than leading with something like, I'd like to feature your product in my subscription box. You know, they might think that you're looking for free product and they may not even respond. 
wholesale transactions usually go through a different department than their regular customer service team. So when you use those words, it usually gets you to the correct person faster. I go into much more detail about sourcing products in my ebook, Subscription Box Essentials. In fact, I go through nine different ways to source products, as well as provide a little script for you on how to reach out. So I'll share more info about that at the end of this episode. But what I really want to do next is teach you a system that you can use to stay organized and to plan out products for a whole year's worth of boxes in one planning batch. I promise you, if you can get ahead of your sourcing like this, you will save so much time and you'll see how easy it is to stay creative and to keep things fresh and exciting for your subscribers month after month. Especially when you have a year's worth of boxes lined up, it really is invigorating and exciting to see like what the year could look like for you and for your subscribers. So to do this, you're going to follow the TRIM method. TRIM stands for Themes, Rotating Product Categories, Insert Products, and Master Plan. So I'm going to go through each one of these one by one. Okay, so the T in TRIM stands for Themes. To start, I want you to take a sheet of paper and make a list of each month of the year across the top of your page. If you're doing a bi-monthly or a quarterly box, then only include the months where you're actually going to be curating a box. Once you have all of your months listed across the top of the page, you're going to start thinking about a theme for each of those boxes. This theme can be publicly facing or it can be something that you just use internally. Using themes in your boxes can really increase perceived value for your customers, so I definitely encourage you to consider using themes if it feels aligned to you. With each month or each box you're planning, think about any themes that jump out at you based on holidays, seasons, events, or any special dates that may fall within that month as well. It might even be helpful to print out a list of those novelty or weird holidays for the year to have on hand for inspiration during this process as well. You know, things like National Cookie Day or National Send-A-Hug Day. So let's go through an example. March is generally the first day of spring, so maybe your March box becomes your Hello Spring box. Maybe there's a novelty holiday that fits your niche perfectly that you could curate products around, such as National Cuddle Up Day, and you just create a box filled with cozy, cuddly, textured products. Just start brainstorming the themes that you could create around each month. It doesn't always have to be a holiday or a date either. If there's a specific theme you want to include, this is where you would plug in all of your theme ideas. So for example, maybe you want to curate themes around a color scheme or a specific product like flowers or fruit or a flavor one particular month. Whatever it is, take a few minutes to list out the themes for each of your boxes. When you're brand new, it will be up to you to come up with your initial themes, but as you continue to grow, you can engage your subscribers for feedback and ideas for future themes. You can also repeat really high-performing themes in a different way. You could just change it slightly and put a fun new spin on it if you know they loved it in the years past. The theory here is that you're coming up with all your themes at once and you're reducing stress on your brain by brainstorming them in one batch instead of having to continuously come up with new theme ideas at random. Sometimes if I think of a theme idea when I'm not actively planning boxes, I'll just jot it down and add it to my theme list for future planning. When you're focused on the task of coming up with themes, it's so much easier to come up with 12 at once instead of having to come up with two or three every few months. Also, using themes really helps to keep your products cohesive and feel like they work together, like they're a collection. When I first launched my Discovery Box, this was a curated subscription that was filled with a variety of surprise shaving and grooming items. At first, I wasn't theming them. I really didn't have a system to it. I was just buying products that I knew my subscribers would love. 
And it worked to an extent, but one day I got feedback from a customer who said, I I like the products, but they didn't feel like they went together. They kind of felt random. And it was then that it dawned on me that I should be more intentional in thinking about why I'm selecting certain products and how I can theme them together so that it feels like a collection or a cohesive experience for my customer. Even if you don't announce the themes publicly to your customers, you can use themes internally to help guide you in curating a thoughtful box. Okay, so after you have your themes identified, we're going to move on to the R in trim, which is rotate static product categories. Many boxes have static product categories they use to rotate throughout their boxes throughout the year. So an example of this from my business is a body scrub. I like to include a different type of body scrub at least once a quarter. So the body scrub is the static product category. Another example in my business is shave butter. We offer shave butter on subscription and every month we feature a new scent. Many of our subscribers like to be surprised with a different scent with each delivery, so we're curating a new scent each month. So these are both examples of static product categories that we plan around. Think about your box and any static product categories that you could include in your planning. Another example could be if you're a beauty box. One of your static product categories could be a lip product. So that's the static category, the lip product, and then each product becomes unique. So you could do a stain one month or a gloss another or a lipstick another and then a lip liner. All of those are lip products. They're different in their type, but the static product category is the lip product. That makes sense? In this way, you know that you're not sending them redundant products, but your lip product category becomes a static category that you can plan around. By planning out your boxes this way, you can get a sense for how you want to space out those placements as you're going through this activity. Okay, let's do another example. If one of your static product categories is drinkware and you want to include drinkware four times a year, You can visually see where you can plug in a variety of drinkware items so that your customers aren't getting a drinkware item back to back. In this example, you could place a ceramic mug in the first quarter, a travel tumbler in the second quarter, a wine glass in the third quarter, and maybe a Moscow Mule copper mug in the last quarter. This keeps things fresh and well-spaced for your customers, but also streamlined and efficient for you. You're systematizing those static product categories and you're picking boxes throughout the year where you're going to place those static product categories so that they're spaced out nicely for your customer. You may not know exactly what types of static product categories you're going to use quite yet, and that's okay. As you go through the rest of this planning process, you may start to see patterns that will help you identify a couple of static categories that you can adopt. You also don't need to use them. It's just a step in the process for those that do have them to make it easier to plan. Okay, so we've planned our themes and rotated our static categories. Now it's time to insert products. I in trim stands for insert products. So think about the items that you'd like to include in the box that would support each theme. For example, if you have a woman's lifestyle box and your July box is themed summer fun, you might include a pair of sunglasses, shimmery suntan lotion, a bathing suit wet bag, an ocean mist scented bath soap, and a summer themed piece of jewelry. These are totally random product ideas, of course, but what I'm trying to illustrate is that the theme should help inform what types of products you could include for that month. Working from a theme really helps to give you direction and inspire ideas. 
If you're still stuck on ideas, try using your theme as a search term on Pinterest or on wholesale sites such as Fair or Tundra to spark ideas. Now, you don't have to have the exact brand of each product listed yet. This is more of an outline of the types of products that you'd like to include to support your theme. It's really the fun part where you can dream big and get excited about what your subscribers will think when they open their box. Lastly, we're moving on to the M in trim, which stands for master plan. Once you have all of your product ideas brainstormed under the box and the theme, you've essentially planned out your box lineup for the whole year. You can create your master plan by transferring your outline into a Google Sheet, project management tool, or my personal favorite, the subscription box planner, which I co-created with a fellow subbox owner and dear friend, Becky Hoy. Whatever you use, this becomes your hub for working through sourcing each specific item, negotiating pricing to stay on budget, and moving things around as needed. When you're reaching out to vendors, look through their line sheet to see if there are multiple items that you can source from them for the year to leverage better rates. Sometimes if vendors know that you're going to be doing repeat business with them and you can commit to buying a certain number of products from them throughout the year, they may be more willing to work with you on price or even offer other perks like free shipping or payment terms. But overall, when you're finished, you now have a working plan that you can use to guide yourself throughout the year pretty amazing, right? This is the best part. You're going to have so much fun with this. Now, if you'd like to watch me demonstrate the trim method on video, because I know this is kind of a visual exercise, head over to my YouTube channel. I'll have the link in the show notes, or you can search my name on YouTube and my channel should come up. I have a video there called how to plan a year's worth of boxes for your subscription box. And I visually walk you through this exact same process in case that's helpful. So today's assignment is to use the trim method to plan out a year's worth of boxes for your subscription box business. I know that you can do it and I know that the trim method can help you do it faster. Feel free to watch the video on YouTube and follow along as I go through it or start this episode from the beginning and pause at each section and work through each section. I can't wait to hear about all of the themes and products that you come up with. I have had so much fun sharing these episodes with you. I hope that you found some major clarity around your subscription box idea and that you feel empowered to take it to the next level. If you do, I want to invite you to get your hands on my popular ebook, Subscription Box Essentials. It's literally everything you need in one place to build a solid foundation for your business and prepare you for pre-launch and beyond. I've included over 20 actionable resources to go along with it too, including worksheets, templates, planning pages, resource lists, scripts, and so much more to make it really, really easy for you and to make sure that you're making real progress on your business. You can grab your copy at subscriptionboxessentials.com. I also have free videos on YouTube that can help you start and grow, as well as other digital products and courses that are designed to help you get there faster. You can find them at jessicaprincipe.com. In the meantime, I hope you'll come find me on Instagram. I'm at Jessica underscore Principe, where I share real life behind the scenes of running my business and lots of tips and tricks for you in starting and growing yours as well. I hope you'll come say hi. I'd really love to meet you. Cheering you on always and always. Bye for now. If you're ready to build a solid plan for your subscription box business and get your idea off the ground, head over to subscriptionboxessentials.com and grab my ebook packed with 16 expert chapters to guide you step-by-step in building your business foundation, carving out your concept, and preparing you for pre-launch. It comes with over 20 interactive worksheets, templates, planning pages, scripts, resource lists, and so much more to give you the ultimate head start in bringing your business to life. 
You can save 20% when you use coupon code PODCAST today. That's subscriptionboxessentials.com.